Devcom. Oh, for goodness sakes. What's the time? 7.20. Who on earth calls at 7.20 in the morning? Uh, hello? Hello? Oh, actually, sorry. Could you hold on for a moment? Uh, you've, you've caught me at a bit of an inconvenient time. Let, let me wipe my hands. Oh, hold on. Wet hair. That's not going to do the phone any good. Right. That's better. <clears throat> now, who's calling? Uh, yes, Miss Shawwood. It's Doreen uh, from Oakcliffe Nursing oh, Home. Oh, Doreen. Uh, I'm just calling because, uh, well, the doctor was called out to look at your mother. Oh, why? What's uh, what's happened? Well, she had a bit of a tumble and she's hurt oh. her ribs. Oh, how did that happen? Well, she was told to stay seated, but you know what she's like. Uh, she didn't yes. listen and as she pushed herself out of the chair, her arm couldn't support her and she fell. Oh. Well, I wasn't here at the time, but the nurses helped her to bed and called the doctor out straight away. Right. Oh, he felt as though a trip to the hospital hospital would be a bit traumatic for mm. her so he's confined her to bed he'll be coming to see her again today and if she's feeling better we'll pop her in the wheelchair and get her into the day room it's not good that she stays alone in her room no, well i see yeah well i was um i was planning on visiting again on sunday is there a need for me to come today what is it now it's it's wednesday i've got a couple of meetings so it's going to be a, oh, a bit of a... it's not just about the tumble miss shawwood oh. maybe i shouldn't be saying this Go on. What is it? Well, since you were last here, your mother seems to be uh, slipping, for want of a better word. I, I don't know whether it's the Alzheimer's or the Parkinson's or the medication she's on, but uh, the life just seems to be uh, fading from her eyes. Oh. I mean, she does have moments when she's as sharp as a pin, yes. but, well, uh, I've seen this before, and I wanted you to know, as you never know yes, what Yes, well, you, honestly, you don't need to say any more, Doreen. I'll... I'll... I'll be there by two. I need to rearrange some things here and thank you for calling me. I I'll be there shortly. I'll let your mother know. Knowing that you're going to visit will put a sparkle back in her eyes, I'm sure of it. <laughs> and I'll see you soon. Yes, of course. And Oh, I'll have my mobile with me, so if anything should happen, please call me straight away. I oh, will do. Bye. Oh, Mum. Snap out of it, Vivian. Right then. Martin? Martin, Martin, listen, something's come up with my mother. Y yes, I do think it is somewhat urgent. Look, listen, I need to postpone the two meetings I have today. Yes, yes, the one with Stargaze Enterprises, but the, the other one's with Brickhouse. If you could tell them that I've had a family emergency and rearrange for next week. No, no, I won't be gone long, just for today. Well, I need to be back in London tomorrow, so, yeah, this'll be a fleeting visit. No, 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 there is nothing you can do, but thanks for the offer. <laughs> right, well, look, I have to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fine. No, thank you, Marty. Yeah, no, right, yeah, see you in the morning. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Crossways Travel? Yes, it's um, Vivian Shawwood from Task Enterprises. I'd like a first-class return from London to Nottingham today. Yes, the first available, and, uh, well, an open-ended return. Can you book that for me on account? Vivian Shawwood. Right, I'm heading to the station right now. Evcol Entertainment presents Skin 3, the final incision.
Can I help you? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm Vivian Shawwood. I, I, I'm here to see my mother, Hilary. Hilary Shawwood? I, I had heard uh, that she'd had a fall. The usual visiting hours are 9.30 to 12.30 and 2.30 to 5.30. It's 1.45 right now, so you'll have to wait 45 minutes. Yeah, but this is uh, something of an emergency. Doreen called me, her care worker. Doreen Wilson. Rules are rules. It's all right, Charlie. Miss Shawwood has come all the way from London. I think we can give her a little extra time with her mother. Please, come this way. Thank you, thank you, Doreen. The manager won't be happy. Oh, I'm sure she won't, but I think we can make an exception today, can't we? That's very kind of you. I I did sign in. And she needs to sign... Oh, oh, I see she's already done that. Right, you are. Couldn't you just murder some people? (laughs) Job's worth. You don't know the half of it, Doreen. A prime candidate for my death bus. Oh, what was that, love? Um, Nothing. (laughs) It's just... Just doing his job, I guess. I mean, rules and all that. Mm, If only he did do his job and not butt in where his nose isn't needed, we'd Mm. all get along much better. (laughs) Some folks. Right you are. Now, where did Mavis put Hilary? Oh, there she is, over by the window. Hilary? (laughs) Hilary, you have a visitor. Hi, Mum. Now, what are you doing with that old tissue? You've worn it out. There's bits all over your blouse and on the floor. Here, let me get you a clean one whilst I get you both a cup of tea. You'll need a brew, especially after your trip. (laughs) Tea on the train is... Well, it's hardly palatable, is it? Your usual lemon? Oh, uh, yes. It's very kind of you. Oh, you're more than welcome. (laughs) Now, pull up that chair. You'll both have some peace and quiet here. You like it here, don't you, love? You can see the garden. It's about time they cut that grass. Oh, there's nothing like the smell of fresh-cut grass, is there yeah, now, Hilary? You can see the bruise on her face. Yes. It looks worse than it is. Uh-huh. Um, she was trying to reach for a tissue on the yes. table beside her. Mm. She's got a bit of a cold, you see. Mm. But the nurses told her to wait, and they'd sort one out for her. Oh, they were helping Angela, the lady over there with the tinted hair. Oh, yes. She's just spilt juice on her lap. They needed to change her. Well, we can't lift them like we used to. They have to be done with the hoist. Oh, health and safety and all that. So it takes a bit longer. Mm. Anyway, whilst they were sorting her out, Hilary tried to push herself up and out of the chair. But as she has no upper body strength now, what with the weight loss and all that, well, she just couldn't do it and she took a tumble. You are a one, aren't you? Never listens. But the doctor said she's absolutely fine, just a little shaken. So we need to keep a watchful eye on her and make sure, you know, that she doesn't get up to any mischief. (laughs) Can I have a word, Miss Shawwood, about what I said earlier? Oh, yes, of course. Well, as you can see, she's not, uh, well, um, not right. She seems to be drifting a lot more these days. Her mind wanders. All she seems to want to do is come and sit here and look out at the garden. Well, she doesn't talk to anyone, or anyone but me, and she's not eating much. Mm. I think her hiatus hernia is aggravating her somewhat. She can't hardly eat a slice of bread, let alone some cornflakes. She's losing a lot of weight. Oh, but what can you do? Well, but the doctor mentioned something about her having a supplement, a, a nutrient supplement. Oh, oh, yes, yes, she has that every morning. But to be honest, it's a bit of a struggle to get her to drink that. There's only so much you can do. 
Once folks decide they've had enough. Well... Yes, well, quite. After we spoke on the phone, I was a bit worried about what I'd said. I I didn't want to say something I shouldn't have. Mm. Oh, but I didn't think you'd mind. And you said that you always wanted me to be up front and tell you if I thought there was a problem. Yes, well, don't worry, Doreen. You you did absolutely the right thing. I, I can't thank you enough. I'm... I'm very grateful for everything you've done. I know you go above and beyond for Mum, and I appreciate it very much. Oh, well, I'll go and get you your tea and let you two spend some time together. Thank you, Doreen. Hi, Mum. I I hear you've been causing trouble. Let's have a look at your face. You certainly got yourself a shiner there. What on earth were you thinking? Has she gone? Who? Doreen. Yes, she's uh, she's gone to get us some tea. Good. Well, tell me when she's on her way back and I'll be quiet again. What's with the stealth mode? Do you have a secret you don't want her to hear? Oh, you don't know the half of it. There are things I can tell you, but whilst I remember, because I know you all think I'm losing my marbles, no, don't try and it? deny it. I can see it, mm. all of you, in your eyes. The eyes that do not lie. There's something I need to ask of you. Well, all right, Mum, but there there are times when, when you do seem a little forgetful. Oh, and... you'll see when you get to my age. <sighs> you'll see time and gravity. They're the real enemy. Not enough time and everything seems to sag and drag as the years pass. <laughs> but why should that worry you? Oh. We've had this conversation before. We we live our lives as full as we can with the knowledge that there'll come a time when things, well, let's say, lose their shine. Mm. And we take a deep breath and remember the highs and lows of our lives and take stock of that. I, I think those were your very words. I'm pish posh about all that. I'm not talking about... about you know, the the meaning of life and revelations and the hereafter and all that. (laughs) I'm speaking about the other thing. You know, the other thing. The thing that we have in common. I'm not quite sure what you're talking about, Mum. Oh, for goodness sake. (laughs) And you're the one with the university degree. I know I just worked as a hospital cleaner. Don't use your intelligence... You're smart. That's why you haven't been caught. (laughs) Mum, you... Really, you do not have to act the innocent with me. You've already told me about it. Well, when I was taken into hospital the first time, when I was lying there after my stroke, you pulled your heart out, grabbing my bloody hand in a vice-like grip. I thought you were going to shatter a ruddy bone. No, Mum, Mum, I'm, I'm sure you've got it wrong. You, you must have misheard oh, me. Oh, misheard my ass. We're from the same blood. You and your... What was it now? 24? I'm sure you've done a couple more since then. Now, Mum... And me with my five. Mother, really... Let's talk about what you had for lunch. Oh, Vivian, when will you stop trying to change the subject? I'm perfectly all right. I have been since Monday. It was fish and chips for lunch. The chips were cut too big, played havoc with my hiatus hernia, and the fish batter was soggy. I know exactly what's what and what's going on. You and I, we're the same. We have our own sense of right and wrong, of justice, you and I. We, well, oh, we 
kill people. There, I've said it. Should have said it out loud years ago. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at me now with your mouth wide open. You better close it, otherwise a fly will buzz in. Do you know, I, and I, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Farnsworth, Patel, Weatherly, Wormsley, Collindale. Collard. Oh, Collard then. Meat tenderizer, acid, those those injections. Oh, and as for the skinning part, well, that was a revelation. I'm sure your fox friends love you. How is Dr. Bryden? Boyden. Oh, Boyden. Is he still your boyfriend? He's my fiancé. Well, I, I told you that last time I was here. Do you not remember? Oh, that must have been one of my off days. Mm. I can't remember that. Well, anyway, the way things are going, I'm not going to be there for your wedding. So, have a drink for me, won't you? Mother, why are you saying that? Now, listen, we know, we, we both know, that my days walking this fated planet are numbered. And by the looks of things, I'm checking out just in time. But that's not important. You both have fun. <laughs> oh, by the way, does he know? Does he know what? Oh, stop playing dumb. That you... You know... Kill people? Yes, that. Well, we're both in therapy. We're, we're dealing with it. Oh, a psychiatrist in therapy with a former patient. Oh, what is the world coming to? Do you two do anything other than talk? Now, look, it's perfectly healthy. Every psychiatrist should have a therapist to help them. It's a, it's a requirement of modern life. Oh, rubbish. Smack round the head, if you ask oh, it's me. It's what you would have done in your day. Mm. Yes, I know. But, but, in but what about when, when you, you, you know... Have you... the urge to kill? Mm. Do I tell Martin? Mm. Do you know, for someone who's ill and supposedly on death's door, you're being a bit nosy, aren't you? Time is precious. It'd be good to know all this before I, you know, bow out. Do you know, since I'm not sure whether you'll even remember this... Oh, I'll just tell you... No-one will believe me, anyway. If there is a matter that needs taking care of, I do it when he's fishing. Oh. He goes with his friend Samuel every fifth Sunday. And does he suspect anything? Well, we have an understanding. He doesn't ask and I don't tell. And he lives to write his next book. It's a, a beautiful partnership. Oh, I see. <laughs> Very modern. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't tell your father. There was a time, though, when I thought he'd become a bit suspicious. I had to think what to do if he asked. And what was your plan? Oh, that was simple. I'd hit him over the head with a skillet pan. Hmm, wouldn't that be a bit suspicious? All oh, this were before the days of CSI and DNA. Folks knew he liked his drink, and I'd just say he fell down the stairs after coming back from the Crown and Hens after a Friday night session. You are bold. That's where you get it from. That's why you haven't been caught. Folks never truly look at what's right there in front of them. It's not that easy, and... Anyway, this is all just whimsical talk. I'd never dream of doing anything to harm anyone. Absolute rubbish. Now, whilst I remember, 
and can think straight. Here we are, ladies, two teas. Oh, Apologies for the delay. There was an emergency with Mrs Miggins and it needed sorting. Oh, that's very kind of you. Oh, and I've brought you both a snack-sized packet of custard cream oh. biscuits, just so you can dunk them into your tea. It's lovely, Doreen. It's very thoughtful of you. I mean, I, I can't eat them, but they're mum's favourite. Mm. Do you know, I really don't know what Mum would have done without you, Doreen. Oh, she's no bother. A real trooper. <laughs> Has she been chatty? Oh, yes. Uh, we've been having a right good old conversation, haven't we, Mum? We have indeed, love. Oh, that's good to hear. If only some of the other relatives would make as much of an effort as you, Miss Yorwood. It really does make a difference. Well, I'm sure they have their reasons. Mm, but there's nothing as important as family now, is there? Oh, for goodness sake, where's the biscuits? Nutter, nutter, talk, talk. Oh, no! you so testy? All they want, the bloody relatives, is to find out what's in the will. Really? If they could speed up time to make folks pop their clogs a bit quicker, they'd leap at the chance. Oh, you're so heartless. <laughs> Never a truer word spoken, my love. <laughs> you can tell by their eyes, their beady little eyes, especially those who come to see you. Oh, what's his name? Oh, oh you know, the one with the nasal hair. Mother! Well, you get to an age when you can simply say what's what, cut out the niceties and bother. He does have nasal hair, bushes of it. Looks like a ruddy wilderness. Sir David Attenborough could go exploring up there. Morgan. His name is Morgan. That's right. I, I almost had it on the tip of my tongue. What makes you think his relatives are so unpleasant, Mum? Well, it's the granddaughter. She's the one to watch out for. She's the one you might want to, you know, think about. Um, but I'm just saying, I heard her the other day when the nurses were making us play bingo. Mm -hmm. Oh, why do they bother playing bingo, I ask you? I mean, he's as deaf as a post and Mildred... Miranda. And... Oh, Miranda then. Anyway... She was asking about his save. Miranda was. Oh, you duffed ape as the granddaughter. <gasps> Did someone know the combination? Hmm? That's right, you see. I can remember things. I'm not quite off with the fairies yet, mm. despite all the tablets. Anyway, oh... Oh, what was I talking about? The irrelevance of bingo. Right. Now, don't act all high and mighty with me. This is important. Right. Morgan, Miranda and... Oh, oh, the lady with the lazy eye. Oh, Sarah. That, uh, that's right, Sarah. Oh, she doesn't have to make some noise when she's eating, you know. For the life of me, she chases her peas round the plate as if she were riding in the Grand National. Mother... Bingo. Oh, I ask you. Bingo. It's just about hanging on to what little dignity we have left and they're calling out, Kelly's eye, one little duck, knock at the door. Oh, you do know your bingo calls. She worked as a bingo caller at the Bilborough Social Club for 11 years. 11? Mm. My goodness. Oh, stop talking down to me as if I'm a two-year-old. <sighs> We're barely holding on to what little we have left. Wearing support stockings and incontinence pants. And they're trying to make us play games. Oh, it helps keep your mind alert. Oh, rubbish. My mind's razor sharp. It, oh, it just 
slips a little from time to time. Mm. It's those pills you keep giving me. It's better that we just remember our memories. Think about those rather than playing daft games. What's the point? You don't win anything. There's no money prize. Even if there were, we couldn't go and spend it. Oh, I can see she's really picked up since you arrived. Mm. I haven't seen her this sprightly for quite some time. I'll leave you two to it. Yes, mm. thanks. <laughs> thanks again for the tea. You're welcome. Mm. Has she gone? Yes, it's just the two of us. Good. Right, then. Forget about Morgan and taking out the granddaughter. Do you know, I really wasn't thinking about them. Still, she's one for the chop. That's just my opinion. I don't know what your, you know, what's the word? Criteria. That's it. Criteria is for who you select, but she'd be high up on my list. I can tell you that for a pound of sugar. Pound of sugar? Oh, well, whatever it is. <laughs> but, but whilst I remember, there is something that I need to ask of you. What's that? If it's about playing Abba's Dancing Queen at your funeral, I have told you it is not going to happen. Ooh, whilst we're on the subject of funerals, I've changed my mind. In what way? I don't want one. Oh. Not a funeral, not a service, not a wake. <sighs> J- just roast me and scatter <sighs> the ashes. I-, I told that to Doreen and she even wrote it down on a napkin. Right. I will not be moved on this. I just thought I'd tell you now so it wouldn't be such a shock when she passed on the message after I've gone. Yeah, well, I'm fine with that. It makes things really so much easier. Hmm. I mean, the very thought of catering sausage rolls, cheese sandwiches with white bread and lukewarm tea, while making polite conversation with relatives I haven't probably even heard of, is not my idea of a fun afternoon. Good. We're on the same page then. Right. Now then. About what I need you to do. Go on. I need you to kill oh. someone. God, are we back at that again, are we? Now, don't think for one minute that I believe you haven't done what I know you've done, even though you won't say it out loud. I really don't think that this is the time or place to be discussing this. Oh, I beg to differ, young lady, because this is absolutely the right time to talk about this and in <sighs> exactly the right place. I know what I heard you confess to me. (sighs) And it wasn't just the drugs they'd given me or my slightly weakened state at that moment in time. As I've said, I might have some moments when I get a bit confused. Mm. But as true as day is day and Winston Churchill was a racist (sighs) warmonger, I know what I heard and I know you. And what do you know about me? That you're a serial killer. I knew right from an early age that you were a little different from the other children. You didn't go around, you know, pulling the legs off spiders or setting fire to cats. But you were different. Oh, really, Mother? But, but I just knew that that you were a killer. Do you know, I came all the way from London because I thought you were, well, basically at death's door. And now oh, I find it... Oh, you are so harsh at times. It's true. Well, we've always been honest with each other. Why stop now? Indeed. Well, why won't you be honest with me then? Hmm? Consider it a dying wish. Because it's my business and... Well, you'll probably forget and I, I don't want anyone else to hear. Some things should remain, you know... Private. I knew you were different, but I also knew it was because you didn't know how to express yourself. Oh. Your anger 
frustration, whatever it was. You know, I don't know when it finally clicked for you, you know, to do what you needed to do, and maybe you'll never tell me. Now, that is your business. There's nothing wrong with being a late bloomer. Trophy hunting. What? Well, that's what set it off, if mm -hmm. you must know. The, the injustice of the world, cruelty to animals, the destruction of the planet, humankind imploding, the cost of tube fares on London Underground, potholes in the road, drug addicts. I mean, the list goes on. All oh, right, right, right. I see. Oh, you were going to go for the big stuff then. Yes. For me, it was different. Mm. It was closer to home, if you like. Well, as we're talking about this matter, and for the sake of argument, I admit to what you're implying. I am, of course, talking hypothetically here. Let's not think of this as a literal admission of guilt, and of course... Yes, 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 yes. I'll probably forget an hour from now, so you can just get on with it. Think of it as telling an old woman near death a bedtime story. What, like a, a proper fairy tale? Yes, yes. Not that Disney crap. Seriously, Mother, your language. Oh, come on. We don't have all afternoon. And they'll be bringing around the meds soon. And the moment they kick in, I'll be gone again and won't be able to think straight. So, how about you, then? You said, now how many? Five. There were five. Right, well, tell me about your five. Can you remember? Is this a contest? No, no, I, I'm interested, genuinely interested. I, I didn't know this side of you until just now. You, hmm? well, you always seemed so... Calm, rational, normal. No, not any of those things. I, hmm. I can't quite think of the word. Why, is that how you see yourself? Now, look, now isn't the time for deep and meaningful memory indulgence. Hmm. Of course I can remember as clear as day. It's just some of the other stuff I can't remember. Things from a while back, I can remember those, but I couldn't tell you what was on telly last night or what I had for breakfast. Oh, no, no, I can remember that. <laughs> Milk-soaked cornflakes. Not crunchy like I like them, but that doesn't matter. Of course I can remember them. All of them. Well, tell me. Well, now? But, but well, I... Well, I told you mine. OK, admittedly, you were just recovering from a stroke, but still, I laid it all out for you. I just didn't think you'd remember. Oh, what are we doing, negotiating? Look, time is of the essence. Now, you said you wouldn't move on your funeral requirements. Oh, now, lack of them. Hmm. So I am not going to budge on this. How does that sound? Oh, you would do this to a dying woman, your mother. One serial killer to another. Oh, you wicked girl. I should have slapped your legs more often. Yes, well, you can think of that as a missed opportunity. Now, tell all. Hmm. Hmm. This tea is actually quite nice. My mind, it wanders. Oh, rubbish. You yourself said it's not medication time yet. You're brighter now than I've seen you in the past five weeks or so. Now, I wonder why that is. It's because you have a mission. <laughs> You're focused. That's it. You tell me I'm not wrong. Now isn't the time for this. There's someone who needs our help. Well, it'll be your help as I'm in no fit state to be able to do anything. I will listen to what you have to say about that matter. 
but only after you tell me about your five. Oh, this is ridiculous. I-, I could be making it all up, just as you said. Well, it's worth the risk. I've suddenly become intrigued by an aspect of my origins I couldn't have imagined existed. It's fascinating. You're so cruel. I can see it's in the genes. Go on, do tell. We can have a chat about the other matter when you give some details. Oh, this is just time-wasting. Especially when there's something important to take care of. She needs your help. What do you want to know? First, last, and in chronological order between both. What? All of mm-hmm. them? It started when we lived on Tilbury Rise, Cinder Hill. Well, I don't want you to leave anything out. Don't play the fading memory card with me, Mum. You're fine at the moment, so don't spare any details. You're making me feel like I'm auditioning or something. Mother, this isn't Britain's Got Talent. And you are sort of auditioning. It's just not right. Listen, you've just basically asked me to take someone out. Rubbish. It's not like that. It certainly is. You're arranging a hit. Oh, now you're making it sound like some sort of assassination. That's a bit dramatic, but basically that is what you're doing, and well you know it. I suppose you'd be sending me a bill after it's done. Hmm. I think of you recounting your murderous escapades in lieu of payment. How does that sound? Oh, do I get a senior citizen discount? Well, that depends on what you spill right now. Now, now stop procrastinating, Mum, and just get on with it. Your tea's going cold, by the way. Pass me my cup, then. Here you are. Right. Where? Oh, yes. Cinder Hill. It was summer. August, I think. And it was hot. My, was it warm. It was before you came along. Because I stopped when you were born. You stopped because of me? Well, what sort of mother do you take me for? I can't be going round killing people when I've got a youngster to take care of. If social services found out, they'd take you away from me. Yes, well, if they found out about you, they'd lock you up and throw away the key. Don't lay that guilt trip at my feet. You'll be telling me next that your decision to have me prohibited a burgeoning career. I did. But I don't want you thinking that I ever blamed you for that. Thanks. I was thinking that I'd better stop before... You know, before I got caught. And we hadn't been lucky in terms of, you know, getting with child. (laughs) Mum, you're so funny. Why don't you just say pregnant? Oh, pregnant then. (laughs) Your father was so happy. Never seen him so jolly. Pleased as punch. We'd not been getting along too well, you see. He was getting a bit despondent working at the pharmacy and I was putting in a lot of extra hours at the hospital so we rarely saw each other. Things were a little stressful but well you know you manage don't you? You'll find that out with your doctor friend. Hey what will you do when you get married? Mm. Are you going to throw in the towel? Well yes well I have been thinking about that and Well, maybe that would be for the best. I think I've done my bit for now, you know. Helping the community expunge the, how should we say, antisocial element. So, yeah, maybe I'll take a sabbatical. For a while, anyway. That might be for the best, love. But not until you've helped me out.
Yes, well, I won't be doing that until you get on with what you have to tell me. Could be, you know, your last outing. Oh, how lovely. Helping your old mum. Now, isn't that nice? Oh, indeed. Now, no more distractions. Right, yes. It was summer, very hot, and there was this ice cream van. Mr Whipster, grubby van, chap never washed it down. Oh, can you imagine the bacteria inside? <laughs> it doesn't bear thinking about. Anyway, I noticed this a few times before I, you know, did anything. He'd pass by our house on Tilbury Rise and then stop further up the road by the corner of Halstead Close. He'd turn off the bloody song he always played. I think it was Ring a Ring a Roses, but it was so distorted and crackly that you couldn't make head nor tell of what it was. But anyway, he'd stop there and jump over the fence and cut across Mrs. Hilderson's garden. Well, it was more like a wilderness. <laughs> Just like Morgan's nose hair. Stay on track, Mother. Right, yes. And he'd knock on the back door... There'd be a few seconds wait and then she'd come out all made up with her lippy on and they'd sneak back into the shed, you know, just like ours, asbestos walls and all that. And there'd be some grunting and groaning. Sorry, how, how could you tell that? I mean, how could you tell what was going on at Mrs. Hildleson's all the way down at number 147? You stop interrupting. Mm-hmm, right. Oh, now you've made me lose my place. Oh, grunting. Oh, oh yes, grunting. I've been watching, you see, through the neck curtains, and I'd seen this happen a couple of times, and it piqued my interest. So when I saw his van drive by, I I scooted out and went to see what was going on. They certainly didn't need neighbourhood watch when you were around, did they? Your father used to call me his little Jack Russell, you know, (laughs) like the dog. And once I had a scent, there were no stopping me. Oh, I was tenacious. (laughs) Anyway, back to the ice cream chap and Mrs Hilderson. Yes. Well... I opened the gate as quietly as I could and nipped up the garden path. Her washing were always out. She never took it in, don't know why she bothered. It was as dirty after she put it out and left it overnight at what it was when she would put it in the machine. Uh, anyway, it provided me with some cover so no folks could see. And I went up to the shed door and I heard them going at it like there was no tomorrow. <laughs> It sounded so, so steamy. <laughs> now, your dad, he were very, you know, physical. Oh, God. Uh, which were lovely, but my goodness, listening to them. Well, I don't know how to describe it. It was either like rutting deer or he was running a marathon. <laughs> oh, but, but I digress. It wasn't that which bothered me, after all. It was none of my business. No. No, but a couple of weeks after, oh, they'd been carrying on. I had a little titter each time I saw Mr Whipster trundle up the road. (laughs) I thought to myself, now he's offering more than a little soft scoop. Oh, stop it. It's making me laugh just (laughs) remembering. (laughs) Well, the next day... After I'd seen him, I saw Mrs. Hilderson. Oh, you know, she was a widow. And my jaw dropped. She had a shiner, the blackest black eye I'd seen in many a year. I asked her what had happened, and she brushed it off and said she'd opened the back door too quickly and it had caught her unawares. But for some reason, I didn't believe her. So again, 
two days later, I waited for the ice cream van, crept through the garden, and made my way to her shed. Only this time, I looked in. And do you know what I saw? Oh, the mind boggles. But it wasn't that. He were hitting her, getting all rough, giving her such a walloping. I didn't know what to do. I had to put my hand over my mouth to stop him from hearing me gasp. I looked again, and she wasn't enjoying herself. I mean, I'm all for a bit of slap and tickle, but this was really rough. So I saw her the next day and asked if she were okay, but she didn't half look pale. She said she were fine, so I thought, hmm, best leave it at that. But you know what? I couldn't. What I'd seen just kept on repeating over and over in my head. And I remember, I remember when I thought I had to do something about it. I sat bolt upright in bed, almost frightened the life out of your father, but I told him to go back to sleep, and he did. He was a good lad, your dad. So? What happened? I followed Mr. Whipster the next day. Now... Your dad and me, we had a bit of money saved, and we'd bought a car. A Hillman Minks bottle green. Oh, it was a lovely car, so comfy. And of course, we had the caravan at Mablethorpe, so once we had the car, we didn't need to keep on getting the train. It'd make the weekends away much easier. So, now, I was one of the only women on our street who'd learned to drive. People thought me bold, but then that's in my nature. And with your dad's help, I managed to get through my test first time. The instructor were a bit surprised, you know, what with my handling of the vehicle. Bit chauvinistic, if you ask me, but but I gave them a benefit of the doubt. Just thought he was setting his ways a bit like so. So, anyway, I followed Mr. Whipster back to the depot and watched did this for a week or so, just so I could get to know his routine. And on the Friday, which was always his late shift, I knew that when he parked up, he was the only one there. He did the locking up, so he trundled into the yard and busied himself with his packing up. They had four vans in total. I parked round the back and snuck in through a hole in the fence, which I'd noticed on the Tuesday of that week, and crept round so I could see where he was. I could see him emptying his van, giving it a bit of a wipe down. At least he did that, I thought. But then I saw the state of the rack he was using, and I realised I was being too kind. He was a dirty bugger. Mum, your language. He was around the back of the van doing whatever it was he was doing. I'd brought the jack handle from the car. I must have startled him because he jumped up and swung round when he heard me. But before he knew anything, I clunked him on the forehead with the jack. He went down like a lead balloon. The blood went everywhere. I hadn't realised until that point how much blood can come out when you hit your head. Mm, Well, yeah. Well, he was still murmuring, so I knew he wasn't dead. Now, I'd come prepared, so I was wearing my gardening gloves and I'd brought some industrial-strength parcel tape with me. I'd popped down to Brynard's, the ironmongers, the day previous. I bought the toughest I could get, told them it were for the pipes. The chap there said it wouldn't do for lagging, but... I said to him not to worry. 
I knew what I needed to do, so I pulled him up to the van. It was a bit of a dead weight, but I managed to the exhaust. And I opened his mouth. He was really groggy, so he didn't know what was going on. And I pushed his open mouth over the end of the exhaust. I taped his head to the exhaust, used the whole roll. I thought, you're not going to be able to free yourself from that, you little sod. And then I popped into the van, turned on the engine. And then I walked back to him. They were coming round. But that parcel tape, they were right, you know, they were strong. Well, he just couldn't get free. Just in case, I grabbed his hair and held his head so he couldn't move. It took a good ten minutes for him to choke on those fumes before, you know, he stopped struggling. His body jolted a couple of times, but that were it. Gone? Well, I scruffed the ground a bit to make sure they would have a bit of a job figuring out the size of the footprints, you know, in the dirt, and, and then I left left the engine running and, well, that was that. Uh, And what about the police, the the investigation? Well, they came around and questioned folks on the ice cream route. I was putting out the washing when they came to Tilbury Rise. Nice chap, the policeman. (laughs) Be clueless. (laughs) They, They asked some questions, but I just told them that Mr Whipster hadn't been around for a few days, which was a bit surprising, especially as it were warm and he'd be doing a grand trade with his lollies. But I didn't know anything else. I did read in the evening post that investigators were looking into the fact that it could be a local turf war, you know, between the ice cream vans. But it went as quiet as a dodo, so to speak. And the others? That's one. You said there were five. Oh, for goodness sake. I'll just give you a list. We'll be here all night at this rate and I want to make sure I tell you what you need to know about you. What you need to do. Look, Mum, a deal is a deal. Billy Hogarth, a snotty-nosed little tyke, he kept wiping his, you know, bogeys, snot, on the handle of the grocery shop on Bell's Lane. It was disgusting. And I had to keep wiping my hands. There came a point when I just didn't want to go and get the bread and milk. It was that bad. You didn't kill a child. (laughs) Very nearly. But no, it were his big sister. I was in the process of telling him off. And she came round and had a go at me for bullying her little brother. Like butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. So I thought, she's got to go. I knew she went to Alexander's, the nightclub which was near the train station. The canal ran by the side of the club, which were an old warehouse. She was always one for the lads, always drinking. Stole from her mother to buy ciggies. I followed her one Saturday. Your dad was visiting his cousin Audrey, the one with the gout. So I didn't have to rush. Sure enough, out she came at 2.30 in the morning. But no lads in sight. I thought, she must have struck out. Maybe she was having a dry spell. You know, that can happen to some folks. She lit up and was walking along a side road beside the canal towards the station. There were no night buses back then. The last one went at 11.37pm, so I knew she had to walk. I turned on the car kept the lights off and followed at a distance. 
And when she started to cross the bridge, the one near the station, I accelerated and rammed into her, knocked her clear into the air. She flew like a bloody startled pigeon right over the grassy bank, and as she went into the water, she bashed her head clean open on the towpath. <laughs> so, job done. No one around, no witnesses, no CCTV. And I went home and put on the kettle. There was a bit of a scuff on the front of the car, but with a bit of tea cut, that soon came out. So your dad was none the wiser. And? What? Afterwards. Oh, Oh, the police said she'd probably fallen. Maybe had a bit too much to drink. Slipped and fell in. It were an accident. Mm. Uh, And Billy? The next time I saw him and he wiped his snot-covered hands on that handle, I gave him such a clip round the ear. He was good as gold after that. Even offered to carry my shopping home one day. Mum, did you really do that? Mm-hmm. Or are you just spinning a bit of a tall tale? Oh, God's honest truth. How could you not believe your own sweet mum? Well, to be honest, you've always been very straight-laced. Not just with me, but everyone else. And, well, as you've never really been one for the creative arts and storytelling, I can only surmise that there is an... Element of truth, oh, what you're an saying. element of truth? How dare you? Oh, I bet you've got a story or two well, to we'll tell. Well, we'll leave that for another day. With the therapy, I, I get to feel a bit talked out these days, to be honest. I'd rather just get on with it than chat. Now, you've told me about a couple of them. Well, what about the others? Oh, I'll make it quick. Summary, if you like. Otherwise, we'll be here forever and we'll never get yes, around to... Yes, yes, I know there's something you need me to do. Yes. I am dreading your request, to be honest. It used to be, can you buy me that thing online from Amazon and get it sent? Or, I need something that smells nice from Crabtree and Evelyn. But, well, now I'm beginning to worry a little about your mm. request. You'll be fine. A walk in the park after all your others. Brenda the Tart. Mum. A prostitute was next. She was bringing down the area, and no matter what the police did to usher her along, get her off the corner of Ramsden Road and Highgate Street, there she was, every Friday and Saturday night, doing her business. Now, it weren't so bad if it were late at night, but she started to do Tuesday lunch times. Mm-hmm. And we can't have curb crawlers at that time of day. There's Oldham Primary School less than 500 yards away. Oh, she had to go, and I didn't want your father, you know, getting any ideas. Oh, as if Dad would. As I've said, your dad were a very physical chap, and although I was happy to oblige eight times out of ten, Mom. there's just occasions when you prefer to sit down with a cuppa than get all hot and bothered. Yes, well. So, so I nipped out one night, your dad were asleep. Slept like a log, did that man? <laughs> and I parked just around the corner from where she was touting her wares. And come 1.40, I could see that she were flagging. Business, or knee tremblers mostly, had clearly fallen off for the evening. I started the car and pulled up alongside her. I rolled down the window and asked if she were all right and did she want to lift home. 
The weather was getting a bit nippy. Otter's skirt was so short, it didn't leave anything to the imagination. So I knew she were cold. She said yes and hopped in. I told her to put on her seatbelt, and as she turned to tell me her address, I already knew she lived at 27 Shipley Street. I covered her nose and mouth with a hanky soaked in chloroform and after a bit of a struggle managed to keep her down with my left arm while I covered her mouth with my right. She were out like a light. And where did you get the chloroform from? Your dad's pharmacy. Oh. I took him his lunch as a sort of surprise. During the break they always took their lunch from one to two without fail and nipped to the loo which was at the back of the shop. I'd been going to see your dad at work for years, so I knew where things were, and I stole a small bottle. The chloroform was always placed third shelf from the top two cabinets in from the door. It was as easy as easy could be. This must be something you've discovered, you know, as you've gone along. You need to be completely brazen about the task at hand. Fearless. And well, what did you do with the... What was her name? Um, Brenda. I drove to the River Trent along the Victoria Embankment and parked just beside the Wilford Suspension Bridge. As it were dark and well past two in the morning, there was no one around. I pulled Brenda out and took her down to the river. There were some stone steps there and a little jetty that stuck out under the bridge. The council had tried to make it posh-like. I, I sat her down and nipped back to the car and brought a small suitcase back with me. I remember it being a little heavy, but then it did have two breeze blocks in it right. and some fishing wire. I cut two long lengths of wire very long and tied them firmly around the blocks and then wrapped the other end of both of them around Brenda's neck, good and tight like so it wouldn't get loose. And then I pushed her in the river and down she sank, blocks and all. You're kidding. Not a word of a lie. The water gurgled and bubbled a bit. I don't know what that were about. I don't think she woke up or anything, so I didn't feel, you know, bad in case she started to struggle and then, well, drowned. Well, even if she did, there weren't much she could do about it, what with the blocks and all, and she were a slip of a thing, come to think about it, so she didn't stand much of a chance. <laughs> they found the body four and a half weeks later. It were in a bit of a state, so the newspapers said. Mind you, it would have been if it had been down there all that long. Maybe even the fish had had a bit of a nibble. <laughs> but surely Dad wanted to know where you'd been. I mean, I know you said he slept like a log, but it, it sounds as though you were off gallivanting all over the place at night. Didn't he get suspicious? No, he didn't, bless him. But then... That would be the herbal tea I gave him just before we went to bed, on nights when I had business to take care of. Herbal tea? Oh, sort of. Just something to help him sleep, you know. Bit more soundly. You drugged Dad? Only on the nights I needed to. I thought a bit of deep sleep once in a while would do him the world of good. You know, I can't believe it. And no one ever saw you. Even if they did, what would they say, huh? 
Do I look like a suspicious character to you? Well, you do now. Just a little innocent housewife out for a drive. 2am in the morning? Nothing more. The others, now quickly now, as there are more important matters to discuss. Bill Harrison. I shoved a broken beer bottle in his throat in the sand dunes at the caravan site. You know, Mabel Thorpe. He was always wandering off, probably looking for some extra fun that he couldn't get at home. And he were being rude to your dad, which I couldn't have. Now, I know your dad wasn't always good with words and pronunciation, but I couldn't have Bill continually correcting him in front of others. It just wouldn't do. So I had to put a stop to it. What, and no one saw you? I said I needed to get some milk from the caravan site shop. Well, it were more of a little shack, to be honest. I could see the Harrison's van from ours, so I knew what he were up to. I told your dad to put the kettle on and I'd be back shortly. Your dad kept empty beer bottles at the back of our plot, and I picked one up and followed him. Oh, Bill, that is. Not your dad. <laughs> Into the dunes. They go on for miles to those dunes and no one around, and I could see he were heading for the buxom daughter. Now, there's an appropriate name for a pub if ever I saw one. He were off to see Angie, one of the barmaids. I knew they'd had eyes for one another. I cut through and clobbered him from behind. He turned. The bottle had broke, but I still had the top end in my hand. So I rammed it into his Adam's apple, right good and hard, and wiggled it around a bit. Didn't half gargle as the blood gushed out. He was staggering around all over the place, lunging at me this way and that. I stayed out of the way as I didn't want any blood on me. After he flayed around for a bit, he collapsed to the ground and a few moments later, he were dead. I just stood there for a bit. That was the only time I felt as though I didn't know what to do next. Maybe because I hadn't been planning it for so long. It was more of an oh, instantaneous thing. Ooh, now there's a word for you, and you all think I've lost it. Right. Uh, anyway, I snapped out of it and scuffed the sand with my shoes, just as a precaution, and messed things up a little, and then took the long way round back to the shop, bought the milk and returned to your dad. Well, the fuss the next day. The police, oh, we were all questioned, but no one knew or saw anything. Your dad did look at me in a queer sort of way a couple of times when they were talking to me. And that was the only time I thought he might suspect something, but he didn't say anything. He never told the police that I'd even gone out to the shop. I didn't mention it either. So we just left it at that. And that's when you thought you might have to, you know, to, to Dad? Yes, the skillet pan and the stairs. Mm, I'd always had that as a backup plan, but that was the only time, just for a fleeting moment, I ever truly thought that I'd need to use it. But I didn't. So there you go. Your Dad lived on <laughs> until the cancer took him. Oh, that was sad. I don't half miss him, love. <laughs> and it was not long after when we were back home that I found out that I 
had you. That's one thing I do need to thank Bill Harrison for. (laughs) That night, you see, after the police had gone, I felt, well, you know, in the mood, and your dad was more than up for it. I'm not quite sure what brought it on, but we were... Sorry, you had sex? Barely hours after you'd plunged a broken beer bottle into a neighbour's throat. No, 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 I don't need to know that. Uh, I, I can't believe this. You you conceived me the very night you killed someone. Now look, just keep calm. All you need to know is that you are the result of a beautiful <laughs> night, killing rude Bill Harrison and a wonderful night of passion with your dad. I think your meds are on the way. Now, you'd better tell me about the final one before you, you know, start to drift. Don't worry. I'll pretend to take the tablets. They wouldn't know if I had or hadn't. You mean you haven't been taking them? I noticed your hands were shaking a bit. Not since Sunday night. Oh, Mum. Don't worry about my shakes. You get used to it. Now, my mission... Our mission, it keeps my mind alert. I'll start to take them after I've told you what I need you to do. Well, you're nothing if not determined. I'll give you that, Mother. Now, we shouldn't forget Bernard. Oh, oh, Bernard. (laughs) What's so funny, Mum? Now, 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 don't take this the wrong way. But you see, it was just as I were getting into... Well, getting into my stride, if you like, that I had to stop all this, you know, killing. (laughs) After I found out about you, I had to make a choice. It was either bring you up good and proper or carry on with, well, I don't know what you'd call it, really. Hobby might be right, but, but anyway... Well, was it a tough choice, Mum? As I've said, I didn't give it a second thought. <sighs> I'd wanted you for so long that it was just such a blessing. It was so good for your dad and me. Oh, that's a relief. Now, Bernard, oh, he were a big lad chap. He came round once every three months or so to collect for the Salvation Army. Now, we've never been a religious family. Not that there's anything wrong with it. Religion, that is, you know, each to their own. But I did like to give a little, just in case. (laughs) In case of what? That there was a God and you were hedging your bets? Oh, nothing like that. (laughs) I just wanted, you know, to to do the right thing. Oh, God, it's like an episode of Keeping Up Appearances. stop it. (laughs) You make me laugh. You wanted the neighbours to think you were a good Christian woman and supporting all the right causes. Whilst, on the other hand, you were going around at night, killing people. It were all for a good cause. They needed to go, and I was the Uh, woman Well, I'm not saying anything. We've both done what we think is right, and, well, if there's a judgement day, then we'll just have to deal with it when it comes. I mean, that's all I'm saying. Vivian, Mm -hmm. you regret, you know, what you've done... I am neither confirming nor denying anything. What I am saying in this hypothetical conversation we're having, just in case anyone is listening, that if I had the choice to follow the same path as I have chosen or or to reconsider my actions, then, well, the answer is simple. I wouldn't change a bloody thing. Oh, that's my girl. Wonderful. (laughs) Right, then. Bernard. Mm -hmm. 
Where is she? Doreen with the meds. She's over by the kitchen. That's good. She'll be a few minutes then. She has to deal with the woolly tights brigade first. <laughs> It'll take her a few minutes to dole out their tablets. Huddled around with ruddy knitted leg warmers, all shades of purple. <laughs> the four of them look like ripe prats. Well, each to their own. I mean, but still. You're right. Each to their own. Bernard is sweated a lot. I said he were big, and he was. He were fat. Rolls of skin around his neck. Well, you couldn't actually see his neck. It were covered with that much blubber. <laughs> Tell you something, I often thought he wouldn't need a scarf in winter, not with all that flesh to keep him warm. Anyway, he came around in January of that year, the year you were born. I think I were five months gone when it happened. And he knocked at the door, as he usually did, and I answered. Now, they post the envelope through the door a couple of weeks before they come to collect, you know, the envelope, so that you can put some coins in. Mm -hmm. And I always put some change in right there and then, just in case I'd forget or be sure when they came to collect and then leave the envelope on the telephone shelf by the door. Well, that morning Bernard knocked. I had at the back of my mind that it might be him, so I went to the door and opened it and there he was, big as ever, and I said to hold on and I'll get the money. Well, I searched and searched, and could I find that ruddy envelope? Could I? Heck, I'm sure your dad must have moved it. Well, that's what I thought. And I said to Bernard, could he pop back because I couldn't seem to find it? Well, he went off on one. He raised his voice, saying that he didn't have time to go back and forth along the street. He had a routine sorted, and it wouldn't do for him to change his plans, and he thought better of me, and that I was usually so well-prepared and organised. And he went on and on, and, well, it just shocked me. I couldn't say anything. I was just so flabbergasted. He must have prattled on for a good two minutes before I thought, you know what, I've had enough of this. For years I have dutifully given money, even though I'm not sure it'd actually go to the folks who need it. Never once did I question him on that. And here he was on my doorstep giving me a roasting because I didn't have an envelope ready and I'd asked him to pop back. Yes. Well, do you know what I did? It'll come as a bit of a shock as I normally bite my tongue and walk away and come <laughs> back when folks have calmed down a bit. Well, I just slammed the door in his face. The knocker must have bashed his nose because I heard him yelp as it shut. I thought, hmm, there, you bugger, that'll leave a mark. I could hear him chuntering outside as I walked back to the kitchen, but I didn't go back and try and placate things. Oh, there's another big word for you. Placate? I popped the kettle on, brewed a cup, and then sat down at the kitchen table. I thought, I'm not having this. Not on your life. So I thought of a plan. I patted my tummy where you were resting and told you just one last time, love. I was going to stop, but he's really rattled me and he's not going to get away with it. So I thought, if this is my swan song, I'm going to make it a good one. I prepared so well, so very well. I knew he'd calm down, because as usual, the donation envelope was pushed through my door six weeks afterwards. Whether it was Bernard or another member of the army, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> Who knows? It doesn't matter anyway. They all look drab in their black outfits. I'm sure they don't wash them as often as they ought. But there you go, that's what happens when you buy stuff that needs dry cleaning. Focus. It, it were a Saturday. 
Luckily, Notts County were playing that day. It were an away game, so your dad was going to watch them with Arthur Skillington, you know, the chap who lived next door. His wife was... Yes, Margaret, yes. They had a son, didn't they? Um, oh, Geoffrey. Geoffrey. That's right. He were a rum lad, Geoffrey. He died not long ago, you know, from a heart attack. He had a taxi company. He was doing ever so well. But there you go. You never know when it's going to happen, do you? So, yes, his dad went off at 9.30 to catch the bus with Arthur. They were picking them up at the roundabout at the bottom of Bell's Lane. I think it were Birmingham. Yes, that's where they were going. So, I knew he wouldn't be back until 7.30, 8 o'clock at the earliest, so I had plenty of time. I waved him off and then set everything up. If he didn't come on that day, or Bernard that is, it wouldn't have mattered as I'd made plans for all different circumstances. But, but luckily he did come. Well, lucky for me, not for him. <laughs> I watched outside from the front bedroom window. I could see him coming along the street. He hesitated a little when he came to our house, but I could see that he took in a deep breath and walked up the path. He knocked at the door and I opened it very quickly, which I knew would take him by surprise. And it did. He didn't half start. But before he opened his mouth, I bashed him in the head with a claw hammer, and hammer still stuck in his head, I dragged him indoors. I'd moved the furniture, so I had enough room, and laid out some plastic on the floor and on the furniture, just so the blood wouldn't get on the carpet and the sofa, because it would cream, that sofa. And even though it were leather, it would be a tall order to get the blood out of the heart. I knew it had to be quick. It'd be a quick bash in the head, and then he needed yanking in through the front door into the living room, and then I needed to shut the front door before anyone could see a thing. I must say, because he was a big one, it took me the distance, but I did it. <laughs> You'd have been proud. It were a chance I'd have to take. What well, the bashing on the head part was the weak point of my plan. I knew that if someone saw, if someone happened to be walking by, then it would be all over. Mm -hmm. But it was a Saturday morning and the weather were a bit cold. And as I've said, folks just don't look at what's going on right under their noses, do they? All I needed was Margaret next door to come out and ask if she could borrow some milk or butter or anything else for that matter. Oh, my goodness. The amount of food that woman borrowed from me over the years. I could have filled my larder over time and time again. But it's probably best not to speak ill of the dead, is it? She did have a rough time of it, stroke and all. But luckily, she didn't pop round. I pulled the curtains so folks couldn't look in. I had the nets up, the cream ones, which I'd just washed, so the chances of anyone seeing anything were slim to none. But better safe than Focus, sorry. mother. Now, what happened next? The, the, the body disposal? Oh, oh, that were easy. I cut him up just like a Sunday roast. Mm. I'd asked your dad for a new carving knife for Christmas, an electric one, after I knew what I was going to do, and, oh, my goodness, it didn't half slice through that man's flesh. And we still had your great-granddad's butcher's cleaver, which your dad was so proud of, he, he kept it good and sharp, so that made light work of chopping through the bones. Now, surprisingly, there wasn't much blood splatter, and the plastic were very thick, so that were a bonus. Stop. So, 
I cut him up into manageable bits and then wrapped those in newspaper. I'd been collecting the Nottingham Evening Post for a good few weeks, so there were plenty of paper. It did make your dad angry. He moaned about me keeping all this bloody paper. <laughs> I just said I was going to pack up some bits and pieces that needed to go into the storage, you know, in the attic. Stuff we didn't use much, and that I'd be doing that whilst he were away at the match, you know, in, in Birmingham. Oh, it took me a good four hours to cut Bernard up into manageable pieces, wrap them in newspaper, pop them in my shopping trolley. It was like a ruddy workout. It did surprise me at the time how much that trolley could hold. It only took me three trips. It could have been two, but it were a bit heavy, so I thought it best not to overdo it, what with you and all. So I broke it down a bit to dispose of him. I had to do that in the evening when it were getting dark. The first were at 5.30, then 6.45 and then 8.15. But where did you dump him? Oh, that in an old well or water duct at the top of the road. There was a bit of, well, I guess you'd call it wasteland. There were lots of bushes and some trees which needed sorting. And then there was an old well. Well, it wasn't a well as such, but, but a hole which had a concrete top and some loose wire over it, you know, to stop folks falling in, I guess. It would be a bit silly if they did. I mean, you could see it quite clearly, so you couldn't accidentally fall into it. But I guess there were more and more children on the estate, and you know how tough they can be. I can understand the concern that an accident could happen. To be honest, I didn't know about it, that it were there, even after all the years we'd lived on Tilbury. I rarely went up that end of the road, you see, but a couple of weeks earlier, I'd been talking with June Southgate, who ran the smaller corner shop, you know, the news agency. Yeah, yeah. You remember that one? Mm. And her husband, Ron, worked for the council, and he told her that they were going to fill it in, the well, by the end of the month, as there'd been some complaints about it, something about the wire grill not being strong enough, and it really needed to be sealed good and proper with concrete. I couldn't believe my luck. It was like a gift from the heavens. Well, I wouldn't quite go that far. But it was. And they were going to work on it the week following the Saturday I'd planned to, you know, bash Bernard in the head. So I did my three trips. I remember I met Charlotte Dawes on the second journey. I was a bit worried about that as the newspaper was getting a bit damp, you know, with the blood. And I didn't want any leakage, not on the pavement. Luckily, she was on her way to town, so she needed to keep it short so she could catch the bus. But other than that, there wasn't a soul in sight. And after I got back, after tipping the last lot of Bernard down the well, I did a quick clean and it was all good and ready for when your dad came home at 8.50. There were a traffic hold-up on the motorway, so the coach was running late. Not to worry, I said, and as a treat, because County had won. <laughs> About the only bloody time they did. I'd pop down the road and get some fish and chips, which I remember were absolutely lovely. Shirley, she ran the chip shop, she didn't have make beautiful crispy butter. And as Ron had said, there they were a few days later, the chaps from the council. Well, not the councillors, but some workers with a concrete mixer and some mid-sized rocks. And I watched as they poured it down into the hole and covered up Bernard good and proper. Oh, and then a few months later, 
you came along. And even though I did miss, well, you know, the killing. Well, not the killing so much, but the planning and the preparation. That's what I enjoyed the most. I don't know whether you think the same. I love that bit. <laughs> but you became the focus of my life. And before you ask, no, I still don't regret stopping. I think it was because the last one was such a big one that it sort of satisfied me in a way. Though I knew I had to think of a way to calm myself down when folks started to get on my nerves. That were going to be a challenge. Now, how did you manage that? Oh, James Last, huh? the German oh. conductor. Well, I think he was German. And his orchestra. I could listen to that man conduct his orchestra and singers all night long. I remember you had loads of his cassette tapes from the Reader's Digest. That's right. Mind you, who didn't have something from the Reader's Digest mm. back then? Oh, yes. Books on everything from cookery to carpentry, music from the shows and the classics. They had their finger in every pie. You don't hear much about them these days, do you? I think they went bust. Oh, that'd be it then. And how's she doing? Oh, just fine, thanks. We've been having a good old natter, haven't we, Mum? Oh, there's nothing like a trip down memory lane. We should all bloody trip down the lane and stay there. Now, what did you say, Hilary? Were you having a bit of a moan? No, no, dear, just thinking out loud. Now, here are your pills. Shall I watch as you take mm. them or can you be trusted? I'll, I'll make sure she takes them, Doreen. You, you've got a lot to give out and we, we wouldn't want to keep you. Mm. Right then. Hilary, mm. your daughter's going to make sure you have these. The doctor was a bit concerned as your shakes have come back and he asked us to make sure you weren't missing any of your doses. They make me drowsy. Well, that may be, but they help with your Parkinson's. So they keep saying. Hey, how about some of that marijuana? I heard that nurse, the the bloke, the one who sweats a lot. Colin? Yeah, it could be him. He was telling someone, don't know who it was, that marijuana was good for you. It's herbal, all natural. How about some of that? Well, if it was Colin, he shouldn't be talking about such things. And it's marijuana. But even if he were, we can't give you any of that. Not on the NHS. Not just yet, anyway. Oh, give me the pills, then. I'll take them. Here you are. And some water, just a little, mm. to wash them down. Now, I'll be back to check to make sure you've had them. So no hiding them up your sleeve or putting them in your pocket. Little spot. Has she gone? Yes, she's uh, off handing something out to a lady with ooh, pink pop socks on. Oh, Sandy. That'd be Sandy. Oh. Apparently she used to be a dancer. Mm. Don't know what kind. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine her doing high kicks on the stage? <laughs> She'd put her hip out now. Oh, mother, this wicked streak in you. For some reason it's become more pronounced as the years have gone on. <laughs> Look, just think about James Last and some easy listening music. Oh, you scamp. <laughs> now, I are you ready? Are you listening to what I'm about to tell you? Right. Are we going to talk about the job now? Mm -hmm. Now, be serious. Look, if it'll make you happy, then I'll listen to what you have to say, but no promises. I need to figure out whether you're telling me the truth or, well, just imagining things. It's the God's honest truth. Now, I'll cut to the quick. Maud, she has this room down one from me on the other side of the passageway. She's a very, very timid lady. Wouldn't say boo to a goose. 
make sure no one is listening because he's hurting her. Who do you mean by he? A nurse, a male nurse called Brian. He tries to be all sweetness and light, but he's not. He's like like the son of the devil. Really, Mum? <laughs> Don't laugh, it's not funny. I'm being deadly, and I mean deadly serious about this. If I had any strength in me and I thought I could get away with it, I'd cut his throat with a scalpel. What proof do you have? Two weeks ago, I, I stopped, you know, taking my pills every day. Mom. Oh, don't have a go at me. They, they make me all sleepy and I can barely pick up my arm. Now, I know I have the shakes and I drift off from time to time, but what little time I do have left, I want to be able to think straight. Okay. If I can't have that, then for goodness sake, somebody inject me with something quick so I can check out, because this is no way to live. It really isn't love. I mean, if a dog gets to the end of its life and it's all just a bit of a struggle, then you'd do the right thing, wouldn't you? That's unless you're being selfish. And take it to the vet and have it put to sleep. It's just the kind thing to do. Don't you agree? Look, let's just continue with Maud, shall we? And Brian? Well, I wanted to go for a bit of a wonder. You know, they keep shoving us in this day room thinking we'll all be better off, but to be honest, I'd rather be in my room. Well, tell them that. Well, they don't listen, love. It seems they think they know best. Bloody know it all. Mum, focus. Brian? Maud? Well... I was walking, shuffling, down the corridor. I wanted to see what was at that end, as they always take me the other way to the day room. Anyway, I walked by Maud's door, and I saw him. Saw so what? Ryan. He had his hand <gasps> up her, her nightshirt. He was, you know... Feeling her. Are you sure? Oh, I know I'm slipping, love, but I've never been sure of anything in my life. He was feeling her, her, her breast. Mm. And it looked as though he were pinching her skin and then smiling when she tried to cry out. In pain, I'm guessing. I mean, the poor woman is lying there helpless. Well, she's older than me. She must be 86 or so. And he can't be above 40. And he's, he's you know, doing that to her. Did you say anything to anyone? Oh, well, who the bloody hell would believe me? Huh? I ask you. Well... When I saw the first time... You mean this has happened more than once? Oh, yes. That's why I wanted you to come. That's why I put it on a bit. What you You're mean? being poorly. You mean you deliberately fell to make them call me? Oh, that's about the sum of it, yes. Mom. Otherwise you wouldn't have come. The second time I shuffled by, the doctor was with her, Maud, that is, and he lifted up her blouse and her whole front was covered with red marks, just like someone had pinched the skin. <laughs> I could hear them. They said she was distressed and was doing herself harm. Oh, I mean, how could she be doing herself harm? They have her on that much medication that she probably can't even tell you what the time is, let alone what the day of the week it is. And, and, then, and then I heard the doctor say that they were going to up her dose so she couldn't hurt herself. 
I mean, if she can't do anything, uh, and he, Brian, that is, keeps on coming and doing things to her, she won't be able to fight back or call out. She, she'll be so out of oh, it. Now, and, oh, now, Mum, let's just hey, take a breath and, and have a moment's calm, oh, shall we? Oh, dear. Is everything all right? Oh, it's absolutely fine. Thanks, Doreen. She's she's just having a little cry. Oh, now, come along, Hilary. Your daughter's come a long way. You don't need to let her see you like this. Oh, she'll be worried to bits. Oh, she'll be fine in a moment, Doreen. Don't worry yourself. I, I'm staying for a little while and she'll settle. Doreen, can I ask you something? Of course, love. What is it? Is, is there someone working here called... Brian? Well, there is. Well, there are two, actually. Uh, Brian Donnelly and Brian Wilkes. Uh, Brian Donnelly is the chef. Well, (laughs) that's what he likes to think himself as. And then there's Brian Wilkes, who is one of the male nurses. Why do you ask? Is there a problem? No, um, no, I I don't think so. But uh, Mum was just telling me about all the people who work here and and she mentioned Brian. Yes, uh, he's an agency nurse. Comes in three days a week. Oh. oh, even if she did see him, he wouldn't be helping your mum. Oh, the agency nurses are allocated certain patients to care for. It's decided by room number, and hers isn't a room that he would be assigned to. But mum's friend Maud, she is. Does your mum talk to Maud? Mm. Oh, now that is a surprise. Oh, because Maud hardly ever leaves her room. She's very quiet. To be honest, and I probably shouldn't be saying anything, but they're a bit worried about her. More, that is. Oh, why's that? Uh, It seems she's been a bit agitated. She, uh, you know, has been hurting herself. Very sad. The doctors are trying to keep her calm, but every time they lower her medication dose, she's forever trying to get out of her room. Well, she even managed to almost make it to the front reception last week. I don't know how she managed that, but she was in floods of tears. Oh, I think I've said enough. Don't say anything, will you? No. Oh, I'll be in ever so much trouble if you do. Well, I wouldn't have said anything, but as it's upsetting your mum, I think you should know what that's probably about. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they'll sort it. Or the doctors, that is. Right then, I need to get this trolley back to the pharmacy and mm. fill out the paperwork. Oh, there's just so many forms these days. Oh, never ending. <laughs> oh, will I see you before you go? Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, I'll, uh, I'll be around for a little while. Uh, and um, I'll be back on Sunday. In fact, I, I think I'll be popping back a little more often than I have been. Oh, it's lovely. It's good to chat with Mum and catch up on old times. Oh, isn't it just? Mm. I wish I'd spent more time with my mum, you know, towards the end. But the circumstances weren't right and we know we did the best we could. She's so lucky to have you. Doreen, um, one, one more thing. Do you have a notice board here with photos of all the staff on? Oh, yes, love. Just around the corner from the main oh. reception. All our mugshots are on there, even mine. Oh, I look dreadful, as if I've had a night on the town and not even been home to sleep before they took <laughs> it. <laughs> sure, it's not that bad. You should see my work photo. Absolutely hideous. <laughs> are, the, uh, are the agency staff on there as well? Oh, yes, we're all there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a right rogues gallery. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you before you go. Right, you are, yes, um... And thanks again. You're welcome.
Right then, Mum, have you calmed yourself down? Mm. If you're right... You still don't uh, believe me. If you're right, and this Brian chap has been hurting Maud, then I think something needs to be done about it. So you'll take the case. I'm not a ruddy private detective, Mother, but I am someone who can step in and help those who have a little difficulty in helping themselves. Now, I need you to tell me a little bit more about Maud and this Brian. And if he's been up to no good, then I'll sort him out. But I need you to promise me something. Oh, and what's that? Well, you'll not do anything yourself. You'll just take your medication as and when you feel you need to, as I I need you to be alert, to keep a watchful eye on Maud. I've been looking for a new project for a little while, and, you know, just the other day, I bought myself a handy industrial Numax SFN64 finishing nail gun because, well... (laughs) Well, just because, really. And I've been dying to try it out. And maybe, just maybe... Brian's my man. Now, shall I go and get us a nice fresh cup of tea? And you can start from the beginning again and don't leave anything, and I mean anything, out. Skin 3, The Final Incision Written, directed and produced by Simon James Collier Music and soundscape design, Zachary Elliott Hatton Co-producer, Adam de Chanel Recorded at the Umbrella Room Studio, London Engineer, Ben Robbins Graphic design, Clockwork Digital Studios Cast, Samantha Boffin, Maggie Turner and Kimberly Ensor. <laughs>